What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. How are you feeling about it? Great. Are you? I'm super excited. You super pumped? Absolutely. It's going to be a good fucking podcast. I just, listen, I never thought I'd be on a podcast before. Yeah. I've you know, talked to some buddies about like starting our own podcast. Yeah. Like, all right, you guys do the interview. I'll just be like the recorder, the engineer type of guy. Yeah. So to be a guest is kind of like, oh, okay. Let's You're all, see. wait a minute, what? <laughs> now I have to actually talk about some shit? I mean, listen, I'll be honest with you. You get me start talking, I will shut up. So this should be good content for you. Yeah. Hey, dude, I'm pumped, man. So... The Cisco Kid. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Dude, I appreciate you being willing to come down here. Where do you live? Eldorado exactly. Hills. Ele- where is it? Eldorado Hills. Eldorado Hills. So it's about 24 miles east of Sacramento. So, it was, I mean, like... Right in the foothills. I understand general vicinity of where you were working today. Yeah. Right? But, like, that's track, man. I like to drive, so... Yeah, <laughs> driving cool. is definitely awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't feel like you can be a hunter and not like to drive. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to be a successful right. hunter. Because how much time do we have to actually spend driving on the road? A lot. Way too much. Yeah. Way too much. Yeah. I can't even imagine how many miles and hours I put down on the road. Oh. For hunting. Only, only, only matched by your the, the miles you put on the boots hiking. Right? Seriously. <laughs> yeah. But the hiking miles are, are are usually better than the driving miles. Yes, absolutely. Even though it might be physically more fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? So, awesome, dude. I'm pumped that we're going to kick down this podcast. We're going to kind of get to know you better. Okay. Right? I've been watching you on Instagram for over a year now, I think. Just, Sounds about right. You know, looking at your successes and your adventures. You know, you always got kid your kid going out with you. It's like, the most important thing for me because it, that's how I was brought into this, too. Yeah. Did you hunt with your dad? Absolutely. You did? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll get into that. Yeah. We'll totally get into that. Um, so, Albert? Yes. That's Albert. Do you go by Albert or Al? Albert? Albert. Yeah. Okay. Right on, man. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So, um, originally from Vallejo, California. So that's like right down the road. Just right down the road. Valley mm-hmm. Joe. The Valley Joe. Were you? Were you? So were you like? Were you? I gotta ask this because I grew up. It was all about the three C's. <laughs> that's that is that is. I am a three C's down. Really? Till I die. No shit. Country Club Crest. Yeah. <laughs> Griffin Drive. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. So you're like Rompa Room Crew. Those are my guys. Rompalation. Get the fuck out Those of here. Those are my guys. Like, listen, I mean. <laughs> I, listen, I'm so excited. I'm, I just I'm got a, so pumped. I'm a, I'm a small dude. Have yeah. always been a small guy. Yeah. I had bullies yeah. and like those guys. Pizza parlor robberies, bro. <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, so Mac Trey lived like two two blocks away from me. E40 lived a block away from me. Earl. CC Sabathia yeah. lived three houses away from me. Uh-huh. Like those are my guys. Like that. That was. And so I lived there until I was about nine years old. Get the fuck out. Of and then we moved like we only moved like five miles away to <laughs> up the hill a little bit to yeah, Cimarron yeah. Hill. So and, so. What about Sugar Wolf, dude? Oh, Sugar Wolf Peasy, dude. Uh, his name is Major Norton. Is it really? <laughs> his his government name Major Norton Major Major Norton Junior, I believe. Get the fuck out of here! It's great, phenomenal athlete. Yeah, all all of those guys, yeah. all those rappers that you know from Vallejo that you heard of, phenomenal yeah. athletes. I mean, first. like that was my childhood. Yeah, man. 
Mine like, too. Yeah. Like, Me too. I had the Sugar Wolf Pimp tape. Yes. Cassette tape. <laughs> like, cassette tape. Yes. Like, Sugar Wolf Pimp, Mac Mall. Mac Mall all day. Yes. Untouchable. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. Yeah, no, no, those are my guys. Those are like my guys. Those, that was my neighborhood. Those are the guys I, I knew, I grew up with. You know, I. I mean, to this day, if I I'm in Vallejo, if I'm in Get Oakland or Bay, and I see those here, guys, dude. it's all love. It's all love. Oh my god! Yeah, that's so cool for me, dude. Yeah. I was... mean, my, my my dad and my uncles, they all grew up all country club country club class. That's yeah, where they grew up. Yeah, I yeah. grew up there too for the most part. Yeah, for most of my life. Yeah, it was wow, great. Wow, dude. But, you know, people will tell you they're like, "Oh, Vallejo." I'm like, "Yeah, it's Vallejo." Yeah, and, you know. But you know what though? I feel like after Vallejo went bankrupt. Because it did go bankrupt. It did go bankrupt. Somewhere. I can't remember. Twice. twice. I want to say twice. It's probably like one of the only places in California. <laughs> well, that, that, I think it was Vallejo and then Stockton. Yeah. That would be... <laughs> that actually makes sense. Right. But, yeah, man. I mean, I grew up listening to all of that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Rompilation was like... That uh, yellow disc was my life. With a little joker. With a little joker. Yeah, dude. Oh, dude, that was like my life. For so long, dude. Mac Dre. I, but see, like, for me, Mac Dre was, like, the shit before, like, Mac Dre, This Nation. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Too hard for the fucking radio. Yeah, dude. Like, that's when I was into Mac Dre. So, like, when he kind of switched and, like, got thizzed out, like, I wasn't really listening to it as much. You know what I mean? I, I, like, I hate to admit it, but I will agree with you. I was the same way. Like, don't don't get me wrong, and, and I'm going to just do this for old time's <laughs> sake for myself. You know, but like... Dude, yeah, well, what what happened to Mac Dre? That was like, oh, you know... Sad. Uh, yeah, that was super sad. Because it... I, mean, I tell you what, I, you know, sure, you could go to... We lost too many rappers during the late 90s and early 2000s. But to imagine what the game would be like now if those guys were still around and yeah. the influence they had on so many rappers. I mean, listen, Jay-Z went into the Hall of Fame of like poetry and he credited Mac Dre for being one of his inspirations. Can you like even imagine that shit? Well, and I mean, I would almost want to say... That well, Jay Z was doing his thing, which was like the late nineties, yeah. right? Like, uh, yeah, he started in the early nineties, but you was know, it early nineties? I mean, when he like blew Nin- up, ninety two, ninety two, yeah, essentially for him was yeah. like his beginning. Because like that was Mac Dre was grinding out hard in ninety two, like all that, like the Bay Area was cracking oh, in we, the early nineties, yes, dude. Because that was like Tupac, like everybody was Tupac, all E-40, Bay Area, short, yeah, digital, dude. underground, and they're Spice all still one. like they're all still grinding, dude. yes. Yeah, like absolutely. Earl's killing it though. Oh, like that guy, dude. His, he is a, his tequila line is yeah. like crushing. He the game, is dude. a model for the industry of yeah. like, hey man, you don't have to stay in this one lane. Don't the, pigeonhole yourself. The lane is wide open for yeah. yourself. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, but no, totally. Like I totally agree with you. Like I feel like he took it, and I mean, you know, same with like Dr. Dre or like yeah. any of these other dudes, but. I'll I'll go with E40 because he's local. And, Absolutely. And all that shit. But like, Barbecue Pit, you know what I mean? Didn't he have a wine? Did he he's do got, wine? He's got a couple. He's got Moscato's. He's got uh-huh. wine. He's yeah. got beer. He's got beer. He's got yeah. E40 beer now. Yeah. Like he's got... The man is, is done well for himself. He diversified. And diversified. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And so, 
what I don't know though is because I know he disappeared to Atlanta for a while. Yeah. Is he back in the bay now? Oh yeah. He's back in the bay now. Yeah, he's back in the bay. So he's grinding it out. Did Too Short come back to the bay, or did Too Short stay in Atlanta? I, you know, it's I, I listen. I would say based off evidence because I would tell you there was a couple of times there was a four year period where I lived in Oakland and yeah. I would be in the airport all the time. And yeah. I swear every other time I was in the airport, Too, too Short was right. there too. And I mean, like, dude, Too Short was a, like a hero for me. Absolutely. Dude. Like blowjob Betty, like oh. all that shit. All like those, all his like his those, golden those era shit. Yes, dude. absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, like and I don't know if that makes me fucked up. But no, like. no, no, man. That's, that's just, <laughs> listen, it's the foundation of hip hop. It is for it, sure. It we, is. We couldn't be where we are now without for those sure. guys. For it, sure. It's absolutely amazing. So I'm gonna just get back to Mac Dre. So like. Yes. <laughs> This is, like, like for me, this was, when this came out, like, I remember when I first heard this, and I was like, oh, my God, like, this is actually really good. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, we're, like, way down some fucking no, We're having right a hole, absolutely. And we're only in for eight minutes, so it actually hasn't even been that long. I mean, we could even keep we going. We could keep going, exactly. For sure, for sure. You know, but um, how crazy is that? So... So you you grew up in Vallejo in the Crest side. Yes. Right? You moved out of there when you were nine. A little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, you're still in Vallejo. Yeah. So... What was it like growing up, man? Like, did you did you get into hunting? You said you hunted Uh, with your dad. I mean... So as a story... As I'm told... Yeah. As the story goes. As the story goes. My birthday is August 3rd. Okay, my dad's birthday is August 1st. How about that? Archery season starts usually the second Saturday in August. Uh, if you're, if you're east, east yeah. of the five. East of the five, and for sure. And apparently I w- used to get put in a children's snowsuit, and i go sit in the stand with my dad. Get the fuck out. No, I'm dead serious. Your dad would drag you up the mountain. Absolutely. No oh, fuck. I mean, yeah. listen, you know, we, we didn't have much yeah. growing up in... Our family vacations were two weeks. Yeah. Up in the mountains. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go archery hunt. Yeah. Let's go fish. Yeah. We'll, we'll I, I, so like for me, man, I can totally relate to that, dude. Like I grew up, and every summer, two weeks, camping. Yeah. That was our vacation. Right. Right. And it's funny because like, I've had people be like, "Well, that that's not a vacation," like, <laughs> and tell me that it's not a vacation or it's not a valid vacation. Right. Like, I was dating this girl once and. She told me, you know, like, I was like, hey, this year, you know, because we've done vacations with her family. I was like, this year we're going to go out with my family. You know, we're going to go do what we do. Yeah. And she's all, oh, I don't think my job will give me a week off for that. That doesn't count as a vacation. And I looked at her like, motherfucker, what? You got like, That's my me. entire existence of life every year that's you, been... You put her to the test and you didn't even realize you were doing it. Well, she ain't here. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, I put her to the test before we even got to the mountain. <laughs> exactly. Clearly, we can just figure out how that shit ended. Yeah. <laughs> but So, yeah, no, I, I grew up uh, grew up hunting. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my dad... Uh, so my grandfather was a groundskeeper for at Silverado uh, Country Club in Napa. Uh-huh. And, you know, working in a golf course in Napa, there's quite a few deer on there. Oh, that for sure. Nuisance. And yeah. so, you know, the groundskeeper basically told my grandfather, hey, we need to get these deer off the, get rid off of the these property. Bucks. And so that was kind of like the thing that sparked 
the interest from my dad yeah. into hunting. And then uh, one of his really good friends knew these guys that they hunted up in what used to be X11, which is now mm-hmm. C4. Mm-hmm. And so they said, you know what, we're going to start hunting. So we're going to go up there. And yeah. they met these two old timers named uh, Albert and RZ. And, really? I, and I remember them from a, being a kid yeah. as well, too. I mean, they, they were still around when I was able to like put those memories in. Those guys just kind of took them under the wing and taught them everything they know. Yeah. And so, like, as a kid, it was just, we knew, like, every year, August comes, deer season, we were going, we were going hunting for, we go the first two weeks of the season, and then it was pretty much every weekend after that until the closer, or until they tagged out. Really? And most years, my uncle and my dad would tag out, two bucks, archery public season, land. public land. Archery season. Archery season, X11. Don't, don't tell people that California's secret to hunting is archery. It's too late. It's out. Is it out? It's out. Shit, dude. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's to be honest with you, it's why I got back into archery season. Really? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, for, I'd say, for 15, 20 years, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. you know, we go three, every once or, you know, one, two, three years, we get a buck between maybe five of us. Oh, really? Because it was, just hunting was so bad. Well, dude, California public land is a it's, motherfucking It's tough. Grind, it's dude. tough. It's yeah. tough. All day. Yeah. And then, you know, it's my, not easy. my brother and I, we both, you know, started having families and we're yeah. like, dude, it's important to us to make sure that we, we pass this on to our kids mm-hmm. and, you know. So does you, your brother have a wife and kids too? No, my brother's a single man, but with oh, okay. two kids, he's, yeah. he's a bachelor. Oh, okay. He, he, he'd actually be a great guy for you to have on the podcast. Oh, because really? Because he, he, he hunts and he yeah. fishes like a mofo. Really? He's, he's Oh, we'll have to talk about that. He's big into like kayak fishing out in the ocean. Really? Oh yeah, he's Does like, he sturgeon fish from a kayak? All of it. Does he really? Sturgeon, salmon. See, cuz I stru- I love sturgeon fishing. Dude. No, so do sturgeon I. fishing is my like that's my jam. There is, I love that. To shit. me, that is the best eating fish out of the bay yeah. for sure, hands down. Hands dude. down. Yeah, hands down. Like people come to me and they're like, "Oh, salmon is so great." And I'm like, not like not only do I not really like salmon that like smoked salmon I like some smoked right. salmon smoked salmon I'll fuck around smoked with. salmon yeah fresh salmon raw yeah yeah like I'm down. sushi sashimi. you gotta cook it like I'm not into to cooked salmon and yeah. like dude I grew up in the Bay Area yeah right everybody like we weren't rich you right. know what I mean like sure dude everybody's like oh you're from Marin County for sure you're rich like, <laughs> yeah. It's no, not the case. It's not. It doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't work like that. Not when. Not when you're like generations deep in Marin County. Yeah. You know, if you come to Marin County now, you're probably pretty well off. Right. But, right. You know, so we grew up abalone diving, salmon fishing, halibut fishing, sturgeon fishing. Yeah. You know, throughout the winter months and and the early season, and then you roll into hunting season. Hunting season, yep. and then we're up in the Sierras doing our hunting up there. So. Yeah. I totally get it, but sturgeon is definitely... Oh, it's my favorite. Oh, for sure. Have you ever done a sturgeon casserole? Did no. you see that one I posted the no, other I week? I that. Oh, dude. Sturgeon casserole? Yeah, I'll give you... I'll, I'll try to break down how to do it right now so everybody can hear it. Okay. But I'll tell you two later. All right. So the sturgeon casserole, right? You take, you take your sturgeon fillets, mm-hmm. right? And you have them staked out. I don't know if you stake them. I stake them. Yeah, so... You have them staked out, and you uh, egg it, okay, and you fry it in a pan. Brown it out, right? Brown it out, and then you lay it in the bottom of a casserole dish, right? Right, and you get uh, 
like cream of mushroom soup okay. or something like that. Yeah. I just use Campbell's. Super duper easy. Mm-hmm. Right? And you pour two cans in there. Right? And go for... The, the, the biggest thing I'll say is you have to play with the sodium. You have to play with the salt levels, right? Okay. Because the salt it can get too much. Huh. You can always like... So if you get like a low sodium soup, yeah, you can always add more salt, right, to level it out. But if 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 you if like, cause I've fucked up in the past and then had too much salt, okay, and it ain't that good. Mm. But anyways, so you throw it, you you do that, and then like brown up some onions in a pan, right? And I'll do fresh brown mushrooms too. I'll saute some mushrooms up, you know, and all that. Put it in there. Maybe put some peas in there, and then bake it, right? Throw it in the oven at like 350, 375 and bake it. Let it cook. And then when it gets to like the last 10, I want to say it's like 30 or 45 minutes. When it gets to the last 10 or 15 minutes, you do, um, you get like a mozzarella log, Mm -hmm. right? And you slice out quarter inch thick mozzarella rounds, right? And you put it over the top. So the mozzarella bakes in there. Yeah. Right? Melts the whole thing. And it comes out phenomenal. That's I like. That's you can't awesome. beat it. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And like you never think like, you know, because I've always the way I've always cooked fish. You know, you just pan fry it in okay. cast iron pan and call it a day. So when I, growing up for me, we yeah. we would cook our sturgeon just like sturgeon steaks right on the go. Grill. On a grill. On a grill. Really? Oh yeah. I've never cooked sturgeon on a grill. Oh, What's so, that like? I mean, it's it's. A, I mean, it's. That sounds good. It's. In between, it's very similar to wild boar. The uh-huh. consistency of it, really? Yeah, it's very. No I mean, you know, sturgeon yeah. is very, very meaty. Yeah. Not like not. It's not flaky. Yeah. It's very much like steak. Yeah. So it, it just works. It's a solid fish. Yeah, it works. For sure. It works perfect on mm-hmm. the grill. You know, you just dry rub it, or even do a little marinade and just really? throw it on the grill. One. No tin foil or anything like that. Just straight on the grill. Yeah. Damn, man. And it, it, that was, I mean, that is some of the best fish I've ever had. Yeah. Some of the best fish. Grilled salmon, or grilled sturgeon is the best. So here we go on another tangent. <laughs> here we go. Tangent number two. <laughs> we'll try to count them. That's, I mean, this is how hunting works, though. Right? Though? Right? Yeah. Like, you, you have we pl- learn new you ha- things. You have a plan to go to one spot, and then you're halfway there, and you see something, and you're like, like hey, well, what's that, that might be better than what I had in mind. Right. Grass is always greener, man. Right over that next ridge. Exactly. Right <laughs> over the next ridge. So your brother. My brother. Phenomenal hunter. a lot hunter. of cool stuff. Yeah. Good hunter. Phenomenal hunter. Yeah. Uh, my, I mean, my A1 hunting partner uh-huh. from from day one, you know, my, yeah. so we would, we would go hunting with my, my dad and my uncle and we camp like right on the river and, you know, they get up at four o'clock in the morning and they go take off and they'd hunt, they'd stay and hunt in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we wake up. And mm-hmm. we either have two choices: is it are we going to fish the river? Mm-hmm. Are we going to go go pretend to hunt? Like, are we going to go hike up the mountain and go find our own deer? Yeah. We, we go prove to our our dads that we're we're worthy of like hunting with them. <laughs> and you know that that was like our pride our, factor. Right absolutely, there, for like, sure. yeah, hey, dad, we we hiked up this. We mountain, got this. We're good. We, we can, saw this. Yeah. We saw this huge three by three. We saw this four by four. Were you, you know? seeing them or no? Oh, we were seeing them. Oh no shit. Oh, absolutely. We were oh, seeing okay. Them. You know, we go. I out. could tell my dad I was seeing him, but I wasn't really seeing him. <laughs> I just to be cool to my you dad. wanted to like be like, hey, take me, take me. Year old lion ass shit. <laughs> We'd see him. Not probably not as often as we want to, but you know, listen, that was mid to early eighties, back mm-hmm. when public land hunting in California was 
still pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. To the point, like, so they would go, they would go hunting in the morning. They'd hunt stand, and you know we had we. It was very much like whitetail hunting in the in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. You sit in the stand. You knew that like eight thirty five, this deer was coming through. Nine ten, this deer really? was coming through. And this is this is before the dawn of cams. Yeah, before cams, tree cams, before cams. We we would just trail cameras. These guys, they, my dad and my uncle, they would hunt. They would hunt stands, and and it was just. It was crazy, and then they'd come back from their morning hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, we do late late breakfast, mm-hmm. and then we would all hop in the car, and, and hop in the pickup truck, and we would just road hunt for the rest of the day. Yeah, do evening road hunts. I mean, and back then, plenty of deer around. Mm-hmm. My, my dad, and my uncle, they would basically say, you know what? They have a hit list. They're like, hey, we know at two thirty five on road X F N R eighty five. This dude, this buck's gonna be coming by, and we yeah. gotta be in place for that one. And same thing, you know. We yeah. and we would, we literally have a route that we would run, like we were FedEx based off of time, based off time, yeah, delivery time. The animal coming exactly. by the road, <laughs> and you know. So that that was that was my childhood hunting. You know, before I could hunt was, yeah. you know, uh, faking it as a kid with my brothers, trying to go like pretending that we were hunting and mm-hmm. finding deer, and then. Mm-hmm. Going out with them, and you know, it was it was a competition of between my my brother, and my co- my cousin, like who could spot who could spot the, the deer that our, our dads were going to shoot. Yeah, which was was pretty cool. Hell man. yeah! So that so did you ever get to spot the deer for your dad? Oh, absolutely. Oh, really? I, I mean, I'm not going to toot my I'm going to toot, toot my your own horn. horn. I, I get I, it. I was the champion of long range spotting deer really? from from the road. Oh, so okay. you know that I'm going to have your brother on a podcast yeah. now, and I'm going to ask him. If he was the champion, and I'm gonna hear it, I'm gonna hear both sides of the story. You know, I I feel pretty <laughs> confident he's going to give me the credit. Too. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm gonna feel, feel pretty yeah. confident he's gonna give me credit yeah. too. He'll t- he'll tell you he's a better shot than me. Yeah, that's and I will give him that he is a better shot than me. Okay, okay. Well, he's at least you give him that. Yeah. <laughs> archery or rifle? Uh, I I'm gonna say I'm a better archery shot. I'm gonna say he's a better rifle rifle shot. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's equal. Yeah. Right? He was in the Navy. Oh, was he? He was in the Navy. He, uh, oh, okay. And he, he qualified for SEALs as, as a sniper. Yeah. So like he, he, he knows how to shoot. And like, yeah. guns are his how thing. How long did he serve for? I want to say five years. Yeah. And how crazy is that? Yeah. That's epic, dude. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's into guns. Like He, he builds rifles for, for the family now. And yeah. He, he does the reloading. It's, yeah. It's pretty awesome. Reloading is so great. Do you, do you reload? I don't. You don't? I leave it to him, man. Yeah. I leave it to so him. So what do you what kind of rifle do you shoot? I shoot a two seventy uh, Ruger M seventy seven. And did your brother develop all your load? Uh no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have been trying to get him to like get me Venture hooked up into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Consistently, but he's he's a busy man, so yeah. I understand. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can only ask so much of him. Right. So I mean <laughs> so for me I shoot a thirty three seventy eight. Oh. Right. Which is a belted case, it's a Weatherby Magnum. And I shoot a 180 grain projectile, right? And now usually when you get into lead that heavy, you're dropping. Yeah. Right? Like a, like a sinking ship. Dude. Yeah. You're just falling out of the sky. Um, the reason why I went with the 3378 is because I'm sending a 180 grain piece of lead at 3,250 feet per second, you know, with roughly, you know, 100 grains of powder behind it. Right. And, uh, you know, at, at 500 yards, my drop, Instead of being 50 inches or, you know, 36 inches even, you know, I've only got 20 inches of drop, huh. which is great. 
Yeah. You know? With a lot of stopping power with, behind it. With the weight behind it to still drop shit. Yeah. You know, and that's for me, I've always... And it's funny because with archery, I'm on the opposite side. I go with a lighter arrow mm-hmm. than a heavier arrow. Yeah. But with rifles, dude, I'm, I want speed. Yeah. But I want heavy speed. Right. Because I don't want to get hit by a 180 grain projectile down 3,250 <laughs> feet per second. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> no way. That shit will hurt. No, I, listen, I, I like your philosophy. I'm the same way. I, I go very light on my arrows as mm-hmm. well, too, because and more from the uh, point of view of I need something quiet. Yeah. I need some, I need, so, I need that, that stealthiness. Oh, for sure. And, you, you know, a quieter bow. I mean, absolutely. a lot of less opportunity and wiggle room for that animal to move downfield on right. you. You know, because, like, I'm sure you've had it happen. I've had, I've had deer move. Yeah. After releasing the arrow and change my shot placement Absolutely. from where I was aiming to six inches back or, you know, maybe down lower because it jumped. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a million different variables. Absolutely. You know, when you get into it. What what uh, uh arrow do you know what your arrow weight is or Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Um uh, it's been a while I I've geared up I wanna say maybe 14 months ago and I went mm-hmm. like four dozen arrows and, oh for sure and broadheads and it kind of just right? dialed once I got it dialed once in once you I get kind it of dialed like, in it's you, like why even out of yeah. sight out of mind absolutely yeah absolutely especially your busy guy yeah you know what I mean so we talked about how you grew up yeah kind of how you got into hunting so do you primarily hunt the high country in California you hunt X zones yeah you know, I know you kind of said it was, you know, C... C4. C4 that's, or whatever. That's pretty much where I grew C, up. You know, like... Grew up hunting. Yeah, getting your legs. And when yeah. it was still X11, I still think Still X11, yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm, I'm old, so... <laughs> yeah, my uh, my first my first couple of hunts as a 12-year-old till about... I killed my first deer when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And that was all, like, X11. Yeah. The the late season uh, junior hunt on uh, yeah. Tehama Ranch. How was there. that? phenomenal was it so you got to do that so my 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 i feel lucky that my first hunt killing a deer felt like something storybook it was the late season hunt yeah on tehama ranch in november uh-huh for juniors only is it's that just, a draw tag for juniors only to yeah hunt there yeah okay and it was it was snowing no way and uh and now know, when you say late season hunt what is that is that the november or uh that... yeah like late october early okay. november i think okay. it's only like a it, 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 at that time i think it was only like maybe like a two and a half maybe three week hunt okay and is that a rut hunt yes okay absolutely cool dude. and that so was it's a junior rut hunt junior rut hunt. like you can't be no that's it's great it's great and uh and I'm, you know, we're just, we're hunting these, like, fingers on the foothills below Mount Lassen. And it's just, like, these open rolling hills with tall grass and these, uh-huh. like, lava rocks everywhere. And, you know, you're, we're, we're walking, you know, just cresting ridges and looking yeah. down in the fingers. And, yeah. and I just remember uh, I came up out of this one draw and started glassing and I saw these just monster bucks. You mm-hmm. know, the, the type you're, like... I'm really going to get a shot at this? Like, yeah. this is going to happen? How old were you? 14. No way. 14. Oh, my 14, God. 14, 15, somewhere around there. And uh, so I, I, you know, in my mind, I make a what I thought was a plan for a, for a stalk. Uh-huh. And uh, they end up blowing out, and I and I just didn't get, didn't get close enough to make a shot. Oh, no. No. 
So then I'm start walking back, and I like all of a sudden I come upon this like pile of obsidian rock, and I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And you know, I didn't get to shoot here, but I got some obsidian rock, and yeah. And I'm picking up rocks, and I'm walking back to the walk back to where I was to the truck, and you know, re- regroup for the evening hunt, yeah. and I just saw this flash run run across, and I like you know just dropped down and kind of took survey of what was going on, and there's this buck. And the wind was blowing, it was snowing, and there was this tree that was making this noise. It was blowing in the wind. Yeah. And it made the sound of what a running uh, a running doe sounds like. No way. Yeah, and this buck was just like... Trying to get that tree. He was just running in circles trying to find this doe that he thought he heard, but yeah. it was just a tree. And I just got happy. I was just like, it was a nice little four by three. Yeah. A mule deer hybrid buck for that yeah. area, and yeah. that was my first buck, and I I was stoked. Your Come. first buck was was a four by three. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I know. Have you beaten it? No. Not yet. No. Rough, no. dude. I know. Welcome to California, yeah. honey. <laughs> yeah. I know. You know, every time I draw a premium tag in California, my, my I always tell my brother, I'm like, my goal is to get a typical four by four with eye guards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> first buck you see or. No. You kind of wait a little bit? I wait a little bit. Yeah. I, I've wrongly passed on some bucks that I probably <coughs> should have shot on opening weekends. Uh-huh. You, but you live and you learn. I've only had X-Zone twice in California. Is that right? Yeah, so I've only gotten one buck in California X-Zone. Okay. So it's... And I, I think the buck that I shot... That... that No, that was the third buck I saw that trip. Okay. So it wasn't, I did pass two other bucks, but anybody would have passed. (laughs) Yeah, no, the, so I, my ex, my first archery buck was nine years ago or Mm -hmm. eight years ago. Okay. Uh, Last Saturday of the season. Mm Mm-hmm. Hunt by myself. No way. Hunt by myself. Grinding it out. Grinding it out. Yeah, my, my brother and my dad spent like 14 days up there. They didn't tag out. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going up this weekend. They're like, yeah, I got stuff to do. You're on your own. I'm like, all right, fine. Yeah. And uh, decided, I'm like, all right, I'm going to hunt this ridge. I know these deer are moving out of both sides of this, of both of these canyons from in the evening time. And... I uh, started off on this ridge, saw a huge cinnamon brown bear, and I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Did you have a bear tag? No, I didn't. Oh. Yeah, I know I did, and I, and I was like, That's I don't rough. think this is a good sign. Mm-hmm. So I doubled around and kind of you know, got out of his way and kind of made my loop back, and as I was coming back to the car, uh, there was this bu- these bushes, and I just heard this, like, you know, I heard this rustling going on. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. let me just sit down and see what's going on, and out pops this buck, and he's he's a good, respectable buck. Had yeah. three inch eye guards, four oh, by three, damn. and uh, he was, and he just had one of those like big bully, yeah, bully racks, big old basket on his head, and, and like knots, and then those little acorn knots on, you know, probably like three inches down from the tips. And I was oh, like, wow, that's a good enough buck, especially on you know last weekend of the season. Yeah, so I put a stock on him, fifty six yards. <clears throat> put an arrow through him. Really? Yeah. And just sent it. Sent it. And he went probably about 70 yards down down the hill. And uh-huh. I was just like, oh, man, you got to be kidding You're me. You're all great. Here we go. And I f- and this is like right as it's getting dark. And yeah. so I find him and I'm like, all right, I got I got to figure out what my plan, my game plan is here. Am I going to quarter him up and pack him out? Mm-hmm. Like, There's no roads close to this. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to gut him. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna stash him in this little area, and then I'm gonna. F- there was a ranch that backed up to this public land. Yeah. So like, all right, I'm gonna go back to the car. I'll drive back around, ask these people if I can get onto their land, and, and get close as I possibly can. And then come down the mountain. And come down the mountain. Up and up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so of course, as I'm hiking out, I hear coyotes, and I had already seen the bear. And I'm yeah. Like, I'm gonna come back to a half-eaten deer. This is gonna be terrible. Yeah. Luckily for me... It, and that's in, like, the beginning of September-ish, right? It wasn't even... Yeah, beginning of September, late late August, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right there at the end of the season. Yeah, it, I mean, it was one of those days where it was probably, like, 92 degrees oh, at the height. And then yeah. as soon as the sun goes down, you're looking at 54, yeah. 52 degrees. Right. It's freezing cold. But, yeah, that and, you know, that, that first archery buck when I was, what, I don't know, 30-something years old was uh-huh. just, like... I felt like I was back again. Really? It felt like I was back again. Oh, yeah. All these years, man, it was just like the trials and tribulations and failure and yeah. you decide, hey, let's pick up the bow again. And uh, it just got, it was just, it just felt easier. Well, isn't it funny too, the amount of time and effort and energy that we will put into tag soup and yeah. tag soup and tag soup and tag soup. And I was talking to a guy yesterday about this because I have a, I have a, Ziploc bag full of all my unfilled tags. Oh, do you really? Which is kind of scary to look at. <laughs> I you know, imagine it's like a so. financial. I don't know. I don't know if I want that reminder yeah. around. I mean, like even right here, you know. Or I saw those up there on the yeah. board. Nevada. I don't even know if that if, if that's a, that's your letter telling you that you weren't drawn. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably some fucked up shit. Yeah, know. I failed again. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean that is fa- that hunting is not success. Hunting is failure. Yeah. And the lessons you learn from it. Lessons learned constantly off of failed attempts. Absolutely. You know. What I, I, mean? I I mean it's one of the best things that I've been able to use to teach my son things about life is like, hey man, we we put all this time out here, mm-hmm. we scouted, we hunted. Yeah. And it didn't work out. Yeah. I'm like, did you learn anything? Because I learned stuff. And he's like, yeah, dad. He's like, I I need to be able to hike longer. Yeah. I need to be able to get up in the morning a little bit earlier so we can get out there and get after the deer. Get further. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I need to be a little bit quieter. Really? Oh, yeah. He's, how, he's, so how old's your son? He, he'll he be seven end of March. Really? And he is obsessed. Enthusiast. Obsessed. That's epic. Dude. He could tell you every episode of Meat Eater what happened. Really? He loves Ranella. Oh, he loves Ranella. Yeah. He, I mean, he loves it all. Yeah. The 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 big fish hunting yeah. shows. Oh, for sure. He he watches all of those. Yeah. He said to me the other day, he's like, "Dad, so I'm thinking that uh, the next time we have a free Sunday when I don't have soccer, we should go up to the mountains, and maybe do some squirrel hunting." Uh huh. And I'm like, "Oh, really?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "So I want to kill some squirrels and 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 eat them, like Steve." And I'm like, "Okay." He's just down. Oh, he's down. That's 100%. savage. He's one hundred percent. That is so yeah. cool. And my little, my daughter is down yeah. too. Yeah, she's three, four years old. Yeah, she was there this year when uh, I took my dad hunting on uh-huh. a, just a very like casual run up the mountain. Yeah, do a little road hunting, get out and hike, and see if we can find something. Yeah, we found a nice little uh, buck three by two for my dad. Yeah, and they were there for it, and both kids were like. 
can I have a knife? Can I get in there? Can I cut it up? Yeah. Can we do this? Like, what, can I get want, it? Yeah. What, can are, I, what can I do? How yeah, can I help? They're they're into it. How yeah. cool! I, I you're such be, a proud. Dad I oh, I couldn't yeah. be more proud. I couldn't yeah. be more proud. <laughs> if there's, I mean, listen, as a father before I was a, as a man before I was a father, there was one thing that I wanted to pass down to my kids. It was definitely the love of the outdoors and and for hunting. And yeah. I, I think I've been pretty successful early on, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. You can't beat that. No. That's so awesome. Yeah. So, did you do a lot of, you were talking about your archery hunt. Yeah. So, what kind of bow are you running? What's your archery, what's your archery gear breakup for, you know, if you're going to get into some California higher so country? I, I run doing? a Hoyt, I run a, shoot a Hoyt bow. Okay. I run um, gold tip arrows. Yeah. I run uh, NAP broadheads. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pretty basic, pretty basic stuff. Are you I, running like 125 grain up yes. front? Yeah, yeah. I, 125. 125s. Load with that the, tip with a wide diameter, which I think is, I think, a 125 for them is probably about, uh, I want to say, maybe inch and a half, maybe, two, maybe two inches. I can't remember. It's, uh-huh. Like I said, you, once you gear up, you got it yeah. out of sight, out of mind. But that's my my archery setup, and for sure. And so, like, what kind of gear are you running? Like lightweight, breathable gear? Yeah, I'm just... a I'm a sick guy. Okay. Um, I run Eberly stock packs. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I've, I haven't found a, a boot that I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a loyalist to yet, yeah. but you know, I've run uh, North face. I've run Solomon's I've run, uh, Danner's and you I, know, w- I wish I would have known cause I would have taken you over to West coast. Yeah. And had you try on crispy boots. Before. I hear good things about those. Dude, if we, we could have done that before we started this, mm. I'll tell you. So I ran uh, Scarpas. Okay, yeah. Or Scarpa, or however they pronounce it. I don't know. Um, but I ran those. And they were a good boot. And I got a season out of them. Mm-hmm. And when I started getting ready for the next season, every time I put them on, no matter what, I was getting blisters oh, somewhere really? on my foot. I have to say, I've been lucky. Blisters uh, has not been an I've issue I've never had for blisters me. ever. And I never had blisters with that boot ever until huh. after completing an entire season with them. So I don't know really what happened with the boot, but I would, dude, if you can get your feet into some Krispies, yeah. try them out. Dude. Okay. I try them out. And I, I mean, if you're doing, if you're not doing a lot of really, really, really cold weather, mm-hmm. I would recommend the Idaho's. My buddy Kyle recommended the Idaho's okay. to me after we did a scouting trip in A-Zone and I had the Nevadas on. It was a horrible idea. They were just like scorched my feet to high hell. Yeah, they were hot. My feet run really hot. Same. Though. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I switched over to the Idaho's, and they're just dynamite. So I've actually, I've pretty much just tossed hunting boots aside for archery season. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm primarily running either tennis shoes. Really? And or like the Solomon GTX yeah. shoes. because Super duper it's lightweight. It's so hot in just, California yeah. to be running full boots. Yeah. And they're so stiff and everything's so dry. Yeah. And if you're trying to stalk. Lightweight. You're loud. Yeah. And, and I've talked to a couple of guys out in Utah that they're guides and they're like, yeah, I, I run tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. And like some of the te- cheapest tennis shoes you've ever seen mm-hmm. I run because they're, they're soft and flexible and they don't make much noise. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to test that theory out here in California, too, because it's, you know, hunting archery here, It no matter yeah. where you hunt in archery in California, it's dry, it's loud, no matter it's what. difficult. You to, can't get around it yeah. unless you get a rainstorm. Right. That's the only way we get yes. some peace and quiet during <laughs> archery season. And you're a fool if you pray for rain. You hope, yeah. but you yeah. don't pray, you don't expect it to come during archery season right. in California. Right. 
<laughs> we're lucky to get rain in the wintertime, let alone yeah. the summer. Except for this winter, we are, we've gotten a bunch of rain this year so far. It's, it was snowing in my house today. Yeah, snowing in everybody's house today. Yeah. Like down to like fucking 500 feet. Yeah, well, when we're, a thousand, crazy. we're a thousand feet and it, it was cold. Yeah. Cold. cold, but cold. Last night I, I went out and had some dinner with some friends down in Nevada. And uh, when I came back from dinner and I looked at the temperature gauge in my truck, the temperature gauge was 30, 37 degrees at like 7.30 or something like that. Yeah. Early. Yeah. Like it wasn't 3 a.m. and it was still early. I was like, it's going to get cold tonight. Same. Yeah. yeah. I got home yesterday about 6 and it was <coughs> 36 degrees. Yeah. And I was just like, this is crazy. Yeah. Everything's going to be frozen right. <laughs> tomorrow. Seriously. Yeah. So for your Sitka, what kind of Sitka pants do you run? What kind of Sitka top are you running? I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about. Like, okay, so I, I played I, with Sitka a little bit yeah. years and years and years ago when their only color was that gray-ish color, yeah. which I can't even remember the name of. Right. So I, I've, I mean, I've had the same Sitka gear now for nine plus seasons. I've mm-hmm. gotten. It's so it's lasted up. for you. Yeah, it's lasted for, sure, for me. Durable. Yeah. I mean, I, I could stand to do uh, upgrade. I'm definitely going to probably uh, buy some new gear this summer yeah. uh, i'm in the market I'm, I'm a free agent for some for right. some new gear right i'm i love sick gear but you know i, I know yeah. they there's other companies out there that make for sure great quality stuff yeah. too like kuyu and yeah. and uh what's the other there's a couple other ones as well too I, I it's been pretty awesome i think that um out of northern california the hunting clothing revolution started how funny is that? I know it's great because I remember being a kid, being like looking at the stuff in the Bass Pro catalogs, the Cabela's catalogs, yeah. and I'm not going to disparage anybody's name, but a lot of that stuff wasn't. First of all, a lot of that stuff wasn't made for West Coast hunters, yeah. and it wasn't made for smaller, slimming guys like us. It was made yeah. for some of the bigger guys yeah. as well, too. For sure. And so, yeah, you know, to when that gear came around, I was like, all right, this is a game, this is a game changer. It yeah. made a huge difference. Decent gear. Yes. Right. That fits you. That, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a pretty athletic guy and mm-hmm. I needed something that was moving with me and that I wasn't fighting. Yeah. And For that, sure. and you that was swimming in it. That was the big difference. Yeah. More than anything was just my, my gear was helping, not a hindrance. Yeah. For sure. And you know, it's funny too, you point out like California having good gear, you know, and, and being a birthplace for good gear. Cause like California has been a birthplace for a lot of big name hunters. Yeah. You know, and guys, a lot of, of, you know, quote unquote athlete or really, really, really phenomenal hunters got their legs, you know, I believe it. hunting California. This is, this is not an easy place to, to learn how to hunt. Not, it's not an easy place to hunt, but if you can do it here, if you I can can't imagine you, you here, you're going to have a hard time anywhere else. Yeah, for sure. One of, one of my, one of my buddies, uh, I'm, I'm going to, for whatever reason, just Kyle just always got to reference this guy. He's just straight up killer dude. And he goes out of state and he just kills. Dude. Yeah. He just kills. You know what I mean? I mean, plenty of guys, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if you follow Austin Rankin at all, but that dude goes through, and I mean, any state he touches, dude, he finds the animals and he kills them. That's awesome. It's crazy, yeah. but I and it, but it goes back to kind of what you said, and and what I've heard a lot of people say is like, if you're consistently getting the job done in California, out of state is a cakewalk. Right. You know what I mean? Because out of state, we're gonna be. 
probably outperforming 90% of anybody that's from that state. Absolutely. Because for us, we already have to work that hard. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah, work that hard just to get away from everybody else, yeah. let alone find the animals <clears throat> where no one else is. For sure. For sure. Yeah, man, that's that's crazy. So do you are you running a release in a D loop or what kind of site do you uh, use? D loop uh, I got a Scott little goose mm-hmm. release that I use yeah um, I'm working on a a uh, I'm a spot I got a spot hog nice uh, do you site. use like uh, fixed pins or yeah, fixed pins how do you like that I, I like it yeah. I mean you know I you running five pins five or? pin five uh, pin five, five pin uh, for me it just you know, my brother went to the single pin adjustable site, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I, I, I see the benefits of that. Yeah. But in the moment, that feels like too many variables that There's I a lot need to going be on accounted there, for. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there, exactly. For sure. and so, As a single pin shooter, I can, t- I can tell you there's a lot going on. <laughs> Actually, no, now I'm a, I shoot a Garmin Zero, but oh. I shot a single pin for years prior to that. Yeah. I mean, How's, that was... How do you like that Garmin Zero? Um, I missed three bucks this year that would have been gimmies if I kept my fucking single pin on there. Woo. Yeah, so that doesn't feel good. <laughs> uh, but I will say this in Garmin's defense. It was not, I don't feel like it was the site's fault. Yeah. I definitely feel like it was the operator's errors. It happens. Um, Those are the things you work out, that you only can work out when you're out in the field in the situations when it matters the most. Yeah, and I probably could have, you know, sent a couple few... 100 500 more arrows downrange prior yeah. to prior to the season um you know not i think what had happened for me is like so i i had used it and i'd messed around with it and you know shot here and there with it and i was so used to my confidence mm-hmm. that i had built up with my prior site okay that i took for granted because it had been so long since I'd switched sites. Yeah. So I took for granted the amount of time I have to spend behind the specific site. And it's learning ter- learning curves, right? Yep. So, you know, I mean, I, I like it. I like it after going on the, that sh- all of those sheep hunt, the sheep hunt stuff that I did at, yeah. down at Bitterwater. You know, I had a great time with the site down there. That was amazing. That's good. Yeah, dude. So A little redemption for you. I, I feel. feel <laughs> <redeeming> for sure. <laughs> well, it was like... I told Hans when he, when when he's all, oh, you know, you got to check out the Vertex and la, 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 la. And he's like, but I'm not going to let you you get a new bow until you kill something with that triax. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it, dude. Like, pressure's on. You know? You know, pressure makes diamonds. It does. For sure. For sure. It makes diamonds. For sure. So, for you... What generally goes into your preseason hunting? Like, Ugh. let's talk about, are you getting out there scouting? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what do you what do you kind of have going on? I know you said that you were tree, not tree stand, but you were, you know, blind hunting with your dad. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't gotten a blind in forever. Okay. Yeah, it's been a long, long time. I am, I, I don't have the patience for it anymore. Yeah. I, I need to, I need to be on the ground. I need to feel actively engaged. So yeah. my, my preseason usually consists of, uh, you know, a Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. a Sunday full day. I'll just grab the kids, pack a lunch, head up the hill, head up the hill. We drive roads. Yeah. We hike. So when you guys drive roads, do you look for anything specific or, uh, or do you go to trailheads and I mean, park listen, and get my, out and go? My, or? my, my 
my my foundation of all of this is, you know, looking for crossing routes, mm-hmm. trail signs, and things yeah. like that. That that's my foundation. And then as I matured as a hunter and read books, you know, it was more about like geographical formations and uh, feed, feed, water, water yeah. uh, distance from you know hot heavy traffic areas of humans and mm-hmm. trying to find that thing. And and truth be told, uh, I like to hunt around refuges. Yeah, I like to ho- I like to hunt the borders of refuges. Uh huh. Because a lot of places, a lot of places where there are refuges, a lot of people don't like to go. Yeah. And so I'll I'll find some areas that are somewhat accessible, mm-hmm. and you know you get close enough, and then you got to hike a couple miles into this other area where you're probably not going to see anybody or very few people. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's, that's ultimately like the ridiculous Goal, factor right? is yeah. like, where can I get to, where, where are these pockets that I can find where it looks like there should be a lot of deer, high density, very deer few population. people. Yeah. It's all about the pockets. I mean, I, yeah. I read a, I read this article about this guy who hunt down, hunts down in Southern California mm-hmm. and he hunts in these little pockets that are right near these high residential areas but he's pulling out these monster bucks because these monster bucks are cagey and they're smart and they figured out you can hide in these residential areas amongst these people and they'll never know or they'll feed these deers and they're they're super healthy and they're these giants that are anomalies desert trolls yeah exactly and so you know kind of taking just it's just been a accumulation of like everyone else's successes successes and trying to figure out how I can use this piece here that piece there and and incorporate it into where I hunt and so do you do any like e-scouting and looking up on maps I mean, or onyx I, or? I, I I actually uh, haven't gotten an onyx yet yeah. but Google 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 Earth Google is, Earth yeah everybody Google Earth is is it you just got to realize that the elevation... The topography is topography. not what it seems. It's much steeper than you think when you're watching it on Google Earth. Yeah. That's so funny. I was, when Anthony and I were preparing for Montana this year, and he's looking at... We're, we're on the phone together because he lives in Southern California, obviously. Yeah. And we're talking about the mountain. And he's he's looking at it, and I'm looking at it with him, and we're looking at the whole range, and... He's like, oh, yeah, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, it's steeper than it looks. Like, Google Earth does no justice for whatever is going on here. I promise you. Yeah. And so that's it's funny that you mentioned that because that's totally conversation. Well, I mean, especially for me, too, because I spent a summer in Boise back in, I don't know, about 15 years ago. And yeah. we, we just drove around all around Idaho. We went into Wyoming a little bit. That summer, I think we went through Utah mm-hmm. and into Colorado as well too and oh wow so you know exploring exploring For but sure. like seeing the country and like <clears throat> putting real life observations to what you hear or mm-hmm. read, a, hear from people or seeing a book or things like that that makes a huge difference mm-hmm. and you know so being able to marry that like real world experience to like the Google Earth yeah uh, mapping you know component of it I mean but Nothing beats boots on the ground. Yeah. I mean, you, you, for sure. You know, you use Google Earth as a tool to figure out, okay, that's a possible area. This is a possible area this time of year for that time of year. And then let's let's go out and find it and then explore it and learn it. Yeah. I mean, it's the only, you got to get out there and understand, like, 
the area and how the deer are using it, how they're moving through it, and, yeah. and then make a plan from there. So prior to season, how many days would you say you might spend in the field? Oh. I mean, I say from probably from March to August, I probably get in maybe 30 days. No shit. Yeah. So you're spending a, quite a decent amount of time. I'm, I'm trying to. Probably more days than you actually end up spending hunting. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just in scouting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And you know, the old phrase, do your work early. Yeah, right? Do your work early. For sure. Do you use trail cameras or you no, not really said anything I, like I that? No, I haven't. Out? I mean, my brother, we've we've used trail cameras more for pig hunting, mm-hmm. not so much for deer hunting because, you know, we're not stand hunting. But yeah. we've, we've kind of figured out that we probably need to start using cameras for, especially hunting the high country, just to identify, like, you know, this area is holding deer, bigger deer that we want to hunt versus that area. Like, we, you know, you, you, you find the areas where you know the deer are and then you're yeah. trying to, like, rank them like where you want to spend your most time who's what's yeah. areas the deer hang out most consistently and for sure. in areas where you can actually like get a shot on like you can put a trail camera up and and find a big buck it doesn't mean you can hunt it yeah that's the biggest thing that i've found in, in hunting the sierras i've seen so many big bucks yeah all at like Low midnight bucks. to like 5 a.m mm-hmm. <laughs> never during the daylight same i i've seen more big bucks driving into my hunting area mm-hmm. at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. than you do during, than shooting hours. Yeah. It's it's and it's sometimes very frustrating. Here's a question for you, and I was talking with a guy last night about this. Do you ever run into, <clears throat> excuse me, do you ever run into or have you ever gotten daybreak bucks? Because so many people are always all about daybreak bucks. I have yet to really meet people who consistently kill bucks at daybreak. So, I would say when I was stand hunting, Mm -hmm. yes. Daybreak bucks. Daybreak bucks. Okay. But if I'm hiking into, you know, a canyon and hunting a a valley, not so much. It's Uh normally like after they're, they're, it's once they start feeding and they're getting ready to bed down, like... You mm-hmm. identify those feed and bedding areas, and you're, sure. you're in between the two. That's generally, especially during archery season. Yeah, maybe maybe during art, maybe during gun season, I probably see more daybreak bucks. Mm-hmm. I wonder why that is. I, I mean, I'm only. I, yeah. I, I think it's because they go nocturnal during during uh, gun season. Yeah, right. So I, season. So so you see more of them uh, at daybreak because they bed. They seem to bed down early, quick, very early. Yeah. Um, but archery season now. Yeah. It's very, matter of fact, almost to the point where we've kind of gotten to the point where like, man, does it really make sense to get up early <laughs> to hunt archery? Because we're not seeing the bucks moving that early. Yeah. Like they're moving, they sleep in late, they seem to sleep in later and, and yeah. feed most of the morning. And then right as, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, as it starts to get pretty warm, they're, they're bedding down. Yeah. Hmm. I always, that's a new question that I have for people is yeah. daybreak bucks, you know, is, I mean, maybe out of state. More daybreak bucks. But that makes sense. I feel like in California, every now and then I'll hear about a daybreak buck. Right. Or someone who has a buck seriously mapped out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they know mm-hmm. what that buck is doing all the fucking And those time. are usually guys that are on private land, too. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I know some guys in California that kill studs that will have bucks just fucking mapped out. Yeah. You know, and, but at the same time, that's... 
you know, you need to do spending 30 days in the, in the back country mapping those bucks out. <laughs> hard work. Yeah, it's hard for sure. Work. For sure. So for you, what kind of or what kind of hunting do you prefer? Rifle hunting, archery hunting? I, I prefer archery hunting. Do you? Yeah. How come? Uh, listen, I, it's, there's, there's some, like, romance about the middle of the summer, mm-hmm. the heat, the velvet. Yeah. The velvet. Eh, just, let's just settle on that. Velvet, it's the velvet. is so beautiful. They're, yeah. There's, I, I find mule deer to be the most beautiful of the species that we have here in North America. No offense to the whitetails, like they're bigger deer. Yeah, or the blacktails. Or the blacktails. Or the coos deer. Or the coos, but there's just something about like Everybody a velvet good coos, mule deer though. buck. Yeah. Something about like just being up on a high elevation ridge in the middle of the summer, you know, those warm like breezes wafting through the air and then you just catch that glimmer of velvet in the bushes and you're like wait what and it's just like dump 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 the yeah. heart goes in and game it's just time. it's like game on yep yeah exactly yeah so yeah no I, I prefer archery hunting I, I find it to be more of a challenge mm-hmm. it feels you know I deal with uh, deal with a lot of people who are non-hunters but mm-hmm. they're not anti-hunters and the level of appreciation and respect that they have when you tell them that you hunt with a bow and arrow yeah is you know it it feels like i'm being a good ambassador for the sport and that matters Isn't a lot that funny yeah it matters a lot for me I feel, and i mean i don't want to call it a misconception that maybe people have archery hunting is definitely way more difficult yeah there's definitely more skill involved but if you put up archery hunting to rifle hunting to what is more of an ethical kill. Oh, for sure. What's going to be more of an ethical kill? Right. Rifle hunting, in my opinion. Yeah. I agree you know, with that. Because, like, if someone's going to shoot me from 500 yards away, that sounds like a better death than someone sneaking up on me, <laughs> surprise putting a fucking arrow through my lungs and me running around bleeding out. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, that I, sounds painful. I marvel at those guys that you see on TV and they, like, put one arrow in that buck and it just <laughs> drops right there. And I'm like... In the spot. I'm like, how are you guys, like, are you guys practicing these spine shots where, yeah. like, you're... No, like, they're fucking misranging their targets. I, I see them. And I'm they're like, hitting it high. I'm like, you couldn't have possibly been intending to do a spine shot on that yeah. deer and, like, just drop... And yeah. it's never, like, li- little deers. It's always these... Big monster beautiful bucks monster bucks that they're dropping with one shot with a spine yeah. shot with an arrow, and I'm just yeah. like, I spined one buck with my bow. Is that four by four that we were looking at? Yeah, four by four blacktail. I spined that buck. I spotted it coming in hot at like seventy five or eighty five yards. Set my dial on my bow for forty, mm-hmm. and it was a downhill shot, and that buck walked nineteen yards. He was 19 yards below me, and it was a pretty steep incline, right? And uh, I was already in full draw at 40, right? Because when he was wow. coming in, I cranked it to 40 and was like, full draw, and when he stops, I'm going to sink him. Dude. Yeah. And he came in, and he's down below me, and I put it six inches under his belly. And still high. Dude, and I drilled him in the spine. I was so lucky that I drilled him in the spine because yeah. I wanted that butt. I mean, just... <laughs> He saw it. it was a good buck. It's great he, for buck. California man on absolutely. public land on a general tag. Yeah, absolutely great buck. But 
you know, I mean, it, for me, my experience is with spining is that's a luck shot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I mean, a heart shot is very difficult. You can yeah. practice all year long, and you know, I don't even know what the odds would be. Yeah. But to get a heart shot, an ethical kill, mm-hmm. is difficult. Yeah. To intentionally try to spine shoot a buck so that they, it's an ethical kill and that buck drops right there, that's that's even more difficult for me. Yeah. Like that yeah. just seems like an endeavor that's not worth. I can't imagine that many people are because there's so much room to shoot too. Your high margin of error is back. very 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 high. Yeah. Very, yeah, very you high. like cut your shooting ratio like in half. Yeah, absolutely. Literally. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I'm a I'm a I I am a uh, I'm an archer. I consider myself an archery hunter for sure. But I, I you know I'll pick up a rifle, especially with yeah. the way our you know it gives you... us more season too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. And more time in the field. Yeah, well, which is oh, like what our goal is. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So no, I I, I I I but I truly enjoy archery hunting and also just like like I said earlier like the the family aspect of it too like you know I it's difficult for me to get my son out mm-hmm. to uh, a rifle hunt because yeah. that's during the school year and yeah. sports, sports are going too. on yeah. and you know archery season's like right in the middle of summer just before school and I you know I tell the wife I'm like hey listen we're taking off we're going for a week yeah. We'll, we'll probably she's check probably in. pumped though because we'll, she's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about pumped. She she she'd probably rather we didn't go at all oh, really? or be at home. Yeah. She's I say she's coming around. I, I listen. I have been pretty successful the last couple of years with killing, and I'm pretty generous with my friends and mm-hmm. like sharing the meat. I'm a big fan of like, hey man, I know where this meat came from. Yeah, it's organic. It's clean. Yeah, it's good for your body. Yeah, I'd put this up against anything you buy in the store any day. Yeah. And uh, did you'll have to bring the family when we do the flip flop in May for the West Coast Archery Broadhead shoot? Yeah, dude, bring the whole family. It's gonna be, I mean, a camping. We're gonna do blood trailing, all different kinds of seminars That'd for the first awesome. few days, and it's gonna be essentially a wild game feed of Northern California. That's awesome. Bring the family, dude. Count, definitely, yeah. man. Yeah. So sorry, I just I totally. No, it's okay. It just uh, just that I'm I'm a big fan of I. I've, for a lot of years, yeah. my my goal was trying to inc- just like bring as many people I knew yeah. into the fold for hunting. Like, yeah, I, I, it, it felt like my responsibility to, to than with food. Right, is it my responsibility yeah. to like try to recruit more people into hunting? Because you know, it, it felt like hunting was an, a sport that was aging some of us out. A lot for of us sure. out, and we need as many of us in the sport as we possibly can. Right? Or, to ensure success going forward. Or changing somebody's mind. Yes. Just so they advocate for it. Absolutely. Or more maybe vote for something that's in favor of hunting than against it. Agreed. Right? Because so much of the community sits on that fence. And they can go either direction based off of the way that they're treated by an individual that's a hunter. Right. Right? So, like, we could be out there being shitty examples of human beings and have the stigma of being a hunter attached to us. Yes. And people could vote against our rights strictly based off the fact that we gave somebody a shitty experience person to person. I mean, it is the reason why I... That is the reason why I think we have such... We don't have better hunting conditions in California because of what happened in the 70s when that one weekend they opened up hunting to does and the doe just, season and then was, it was like just slaughtered the, the slaughtering and the waste yeah and then all of a sudden the laws that were passed and now yeah. like 
the hurdles that you have to go through to get a doe hunt yeah. scheduled in California is ridiculous. Yeah, to, to be awarded a doe tag. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people who don't hunt, they're like, oh, well, I live in the suburbs and I live in a city and I see deer all along. What are you guys talking about? What Deer hunting can't be that hard. Yeah, well, guess what, buddy? All those deer, the majority of the deer you see that are living in the city, those aren't huntable deer for yeah. anyone. Yeah. And those aren't good for the overall population either. Oh, for sure. Well, and that goes a lot of, that goes into a lot of just encroachment in the wildlife area. Well, that too. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, it's like people in Marin, people all over the place, you know. The further and further that we're getting into the mountains or the, the hills or the footlands, whatever it is, we're taking away deer habitat. Absolutely. The deer, I mean, for the most part, especially when people start having killer rose gardens, mm-hmm. and like, deer aren't going to leave, man. No, they're coming in. They're like, hey, this, yeah. is, this is easy pickings right here. For sure. You know, so, and, and it's like, why, you know, why would, why would you go tough it out? In the in the high yeah. country with bears and yeah. mountain lions, when yeah. all you got to do is dodge cars well, and dogs. But you know the best part is now there's mountain lions in everybody's yeah. community. Oh, all at least in the Bay Area. Yeah, it's there's it's, mountain lions everywhere. It's dude. bad. My one buddy uh, Nate from Kestrel Knives, he sends me videos in his neighborhood of like ten different cats. That's ten crazy. cats, That's dude, insane. in his neighborhood. That's like this is where he's raising his daughter. Yeah, right. Right? He had a daughter, right? Or did he have a son? I can't remember right now. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. His child. His child. <laughs> He's raising his child. And there's cats everywhere. Yeah. Like, that's scary to me. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're going to move to the countryside and maybe get away from, like, you know, whatever kind of crazy, like, stuff might happen in San Francisco yeah. or San Jose. Like, wherever. Now you got to deal with mountain lions. I mean, you got to deal with mountain lions in the Bay Area now too. Yeah. I, I like to tell well, people. Yeah, he's in I like San to tell Jose, the people so. the story about that woman who lived in Santa Cruz, who she was sitting in her bed with her little like teacup Dog. Yorkie. Didn't the cat come in the house? She got up and went to the kitchen. Yeah, cat came through her screen door in her bedroom. Yeah. Grabbed the dog and left. Yeah. And the only way they knew that was the case was that they found mountain lion hair on the door and the dog blood on the floor. Yeah. I mean that's insane. That's insane. Because insanity. I mean, they are. I, I I've watched. I've had way too many cat experiences myself hunting. Yeah. Uh, been stalked by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've 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 watched them from a stand. How hunt. creepy is that? It's the scariest thing in the world. For sure. It's the scariest thing in the world. Oh totally. Because I mean I, the first time it ever happened, I was probably. Did you see the cats? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was sixteen. And I was in the stand here, and my dad was probably like a quarter of a mile away, and there's another stand over there, and I was like, ah, I'm giving up on this stand. I'm going to go go meet up with him. And as I'm walking down this fire road, you just – the thing about when you hunt and, you, and you're in cat country, you know when a cat's around. You don't you don't see him. Mm-hmm. You don't hear him. You feel them. Yeah. You Like, they're not going to give you – like, they're not going to give you a peek of them until it's probably too, too late. late. Yeah. And, and I remember, like, just doing circles, doubling back on my – circling back around, uh-huh. trying to make sure that this, this cat wasn't on me. And, and, and so uh, I did that a couple times, and I ended up getting to my dad in the blind with my brother and, you know, went up there and sat in the blind with him. It was a pretty big blind. It was big enough to put five people in him. And I was like, sitting to him. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's a cat following me. I never uh-huh. saw him. And then 15 minutes later, this cat comes – up over this ridge with three cubs. No way. 
And he's like, well, I guess you were uh, you were pretty right. I'm like, yeah. That's just it's yeah. Cats cats are scary. I've I've seen them sit on uh, deer routes mm-hmm. on fire roads mm-hmm. like like a house cat. Yeah. Sit there, perch, tail wagging in the dirt. Yeah. Deer doe comes down this trail, slam. Got it. Just massacred that doe. Yeah. Uh, there's been times that I've been driving down uh, Highway 36. Mm-hmm. I was with my uncle who's from San Diego who doesn't, like the one non-hunter in our family. Yeah. And uh, he's like, you know, it would be really nice if we had seen more deer this weekend and a quarter mile down the road. I'm like, oh, there's a deer. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see that and pull up. Not a deer. It's a mountain lion. No way. And I stop, and I got my black lab in the car, in the back seat, and this cat just, like, decides he just wants to stop in the middle of the road, right in, f- like, three feet away from the front of my car. On 36. On Highway 36. Wow. And uh, the cat just, like, just doing circles right yeah. in front of my car. I'm stopped because he's in the way. Yeah. And I think, oh, you know what? I'll just roll my my window down, let my dog bark at him. He'll, he'll take off. No. Dog barked. Like mouth open, just like howling back, and the cat starts to come around to the driver's side of the car where my dog is barking at it. And as soon as it cleared that front bumper, I just like I'm flooring it. I'm going. This is yeah. this is gonna get wild, way much That's crazier crazy. than I wanted to yeah. and to deal with. So yeah, now yeah, cats are cats are been a big big problem. Uh, definitely been a part of my hunting all my yeah. life in California. So back to your kids. Yeah. Does that freak you out when you take your kids out? That, no, no, no. Not worried about it. I don't. I don't worry. So, I mean, my, my my kids pretty. They stay yeah. pretty close to me for the yeah. most part, especially when we're out hunting. And you know, I, I try to make them aware. I'm like, hey, listen, man, there are things out here that yeah. are bigger than us. Teaching them. Yeah. You teach them. You you got to be aware. You got to be yeah. aware of your surroundings. And what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know they they. You know, I tell them, hey, this is a fun thing that we do, but there's also a healthy level of respect because mm-hmm. you, you have to have, because this is this is dangerous. It's not yeah. just fun and games. Yeah. Are you excited to get your kid out? Oh, 100%. When it's going to be time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, I, I think I am more excited to get out and be successful with him being there than just being successful in general. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. His, his teachers, they're all like, so um, we heard that you guys went hunting. Mm-hmm. This past weekend, and you got a deer. I'm like, yeah. They're like, yeah. Max is just talking about it nonstop to all of the kids, and he wants to do show and tell with the deer heads in class. No <laughs> like, way. Oh, he's he's 100 full in. Like yeah. he's he's even trying to recruit his friends now. Oh really? Yeah. And he's seven. Seven. Wow. What a stud, dude. You can't beat that. No, he's 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 pretty awesome. My uh my nephew would come up or comes up to where I'm hunting you. My brother brings him up and yeah. stuff like that. So take my nephew out and we'll go out. We'll go on some hunts and, you know, do this and do that. And this was a few years ago. God, he was, he's maybe 13 this year, he thinks. This is back when he was like 9 or 10. Okay. And he goes back to school and he's telling all his friends at school about his Uncle Andy with all his guns <laughs> and his pistols and killing animals out in the yes. forest and... You know, and, and the difference is, is they're in Palo Alto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's the, a much different audience out there. The teachers are not fans of it. Of course. So not. they had to call a PTA meeting or uh-huh. parent teacher conference meeting Seriously? with my sister in law to talk to my sister in law about Uncle Andy and his guns and killing animals. 
and you know my sister-in-law was like no it's not what you think like it's hunting everything's legal it's ethical it's ethical you know and which is great you know which is totally awesome but it's just so funny how kids just get so amped up and excited and it's funny so you mentioned that i like i've I've introduced the word to my son this year, conservation. Mm -hmm. When you talk about this to your friends, don't tell them that you're a hunter. Tell them you're a conservationist. And that's Mm -hmm. a big word for a seven-year-old. But I'm like, you know, plant the seed now. Mm -hmm. Give him the meaning of it and let him know that, like, we... Well, and especially if he loves Meat Eater and Steve and Ella, like, he he can teach kids... You know, through repeating stuff that he learns off Renella's show. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's epic, dude. Yeah. And not only is he into the, the hunting aspect of it, he's into the, like, the cooking and the eating aspect yeah. of it. And I, I give Steve all the credit for that, too, yeah. because, like, you know, he, he puts a really big focus on that. He makes fabulous dishes on yes, that damn show. <laughs> fabulous dishes. Yeah, he absolutely does. For sure. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. So, since we're talking about food... What's your favorite wild game dish? I know we talked about sturgeon and that yeah. stuff, but what's your favorite wild game dish to prepare? Deer heart. Really? Oh yeah. All right, let's talk about deer heart because oh. I lo- I'll eat deer heart raw. I give. No I saw. Fucks. I've seen that. Yeah, I give no fucks about that. Like, I, I haven't eat. gone that far. I but... I do. Yeah. People make fun of me for it. People tell me it's terrible. I'm probably going to get diseases and parasites. Right. Whatever. That's part of my spiritual process. When you're I take fine. You, it doesn't. Life. It doesn't eat any uh, other deer. Don't eat meat, so you're fine. Right. Yeah. Right. So, how are I, you... I believe. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Get a rabbit. I believe that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to. Don't want to send anybody down the wrong road here. Right? But. Yeah, no, but... Um, what? I, how do you prepare it? Uh, so, I I've usually... I've seen it cooked so many different ways. Yeah, so the first time I ever had it, uh-huh. uh, I killed a deer late season rifle hunt, and, you know, my uncle, you know, we, my uncle took the heart out, and he's like, I'll, I'll meet you back at camp. I'm going to go prepare this. Yeah. Because it was a cold, rainy day. H- hold on one second. Hey, Anthony, I'm sitting here... I'm recording a podcast with Albert. Why don't you say what's up? What's up, Albert? How you doing, Anthony? Doing pretty good. How's how's that uh, rain down there in SoCal? Ah, it's, uh, you know, five days straight or something like this. Pretty abnormal for Southern California since it rains like twice a year. Yeah, pretty abnormal for the desert to get this much rain, man. You better build your boat. But it's pretty damn amazing, i got to say that. Right? <laughs> Everything's got to be so green down there after this week. Oh. oh, dude, the hills, like, Riverside is, like, just, like, so vibrant. It's How crazy. cool is that? That's going to be awesome. So I interrupted you guys while you're podcasting. Yeah, it's all good. You're on it now, too. <laughs> all right. Hell yeah. I'll let you guys do your thing. I'll, I'll call you back in a little bit. All right, man. Have a good one. For right. sure. Later, bro. Later. I just felt like that had to be done. Yeah, so it's, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what we were talking about. I forgot. Oh, we're talking about uh, favorite way to eat? The heart. Heart. Of course, Anthony's going to interrupt our meal. <laughs> right? So, yeah, my, my uncle, he, he cooked deer heart for me one time, and he just he sautéed with uh, onions, butter, salt and pepper. Ugh. He cooked it up for me. And, yeah. And I am, I'm a, I, don't, I don't like onions. 
Uh huh. I, I mean, the only what way the fuck I can, is wrong with you? I, I, you know, I don't know. How do you know I, my uh, I can tell you. Listen, my dad caught a salmon when I was a little kid, and it goes and my, back to the salmon. And my mom made salmon croquettes, and uh-huh. she, it to me, it felt like a fifty-fifty uh, blend of onions and salmon. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, back in one of those days where you had to eat all your dinner or you didn't get up from the table. And yeah, no dessert. I, I spent a lot of time at the table that night to finish <laughs> my finish my plate. And yeah. so uh, onions have been on my do-not-do list for a long time. There definitely can be some stank shit about onions. Yeah. Like, I had some onions in my sandwich last night, and I tasted them all day today. <laughs> so, and I brushed my teeth <laughs> since I ate that's, that, that was the question that I didn't ask that I should have asked. Yeah. But, now I, I I can eat onions if they're sautéed and they're soft. If they're uh, hard and crispy, it's not my not my deal. Some browns, some caramelized. Yes, yeah. I like the caramel. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's good stuff. But yeah. he he caramelized some onions, some garlic, some butter, julienne that hard up, mm-hmm. and I I was hooked. So julienne, what's that like? Just steaks? like the long thin strips. Yeah. Of it and. Yeah. So he he taught me that way, and then from there I just started like julienne it up grilling it in a cast iron on the grill mm-hmm. and then uh, I like to make tacos with them really tacos or, or burritos I'll, I'll do like a so you do it like an asada style uh, yeah yeah okay. and I'll do like a quick like um, pickle of some cucumbers uh-huh. little slaw in there really oh yeah it's good stuff and that sounds bomb and man. I just usually you know I'd I throw up the bat signal for a couple mm-hmm. of my buddies who live so nearby so when you saute it are you doing it in, in butter yeah Okay. Yeah. Or butter, or I usually I actually usually do a combination of a pat of butter and some uh, avocado oil because mm-hmm. I like the nuttiness of an avocado oil yeah. with it. That's what a lot of people have been telling me. I haven't messed with avocado oil. Oh, it's yet. the way to Is go. Is it good? It's the way to I go. I got a bottle of it downstairs, and I need to just break into it. I love olive oil, but there's just something better about yeah. avocado oil. Yeah. It's just got a little bit more flavor to it. Yeah. That shows up. It feels. It gives that that like salty nuttiness without it being like high sodium. Yeah, but yeah, no. Uh, grill kind of like a sada. Grill them up. Yeah, put them in a little tortilla. Add some fixins, little sriracha, and go to town. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's my favorite cut on on really a, on a wild game. It's the heart for sure, dude. I lo- I love the heart. It's it just has this flavor and the tenderness that is unmatched. For more sure, so, more so than backstraps. What to I me? Mean, even a raw heart is fruity. Is it really? Yeah. Like fruity, huh. like I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever, God, people, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had. Uh, do you smoke cigars at all? Yeah. So have you ever had a cigar where you can be like, "Wow, this one's nutty" or yeah. "This one's fruity"? Sure. Right, but you're like, "But wait a minute, I'm smoking a cigar. How the fuck does tobacco have?" <laughs> it's kind of like wine. Act- yeah. Right. Kind of like wine. You right. I take. Hints of blackberries and caramel. caramel. I don't even like, understand that. I never drank wine. I mean, I was a 151 drinker when I drank, so it's fucking stupid. You, you had a purpose. I definitely was like, you know the song Get Stupid? Yeah. Like, that was, you know, that was just me. <laughs> I like it. Hey. I like to get stupid. We all have different agendas when we're drinking. <laughs> Unfortunately, mine was just handcuffs. That was my agenda. It happens. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Might be admitting too much over here. Yeah, you know. Um, Live your truth. Right, right. Share the experience. Maybe defer some people from yours, and they'll find something Absolutely. better. Absolutely, you know. So let's talk about your 2018 deer season. Ugh, how was 2018 for you? It was rough. Was it? It was rough. Why? Unsuccessful. Yeah. 
not even like you know I, I don't gauge my my the success of my hunting seasons on whether I kill or anything or not. Uh-huh. I gauge it on uh, how many opportunities I get. Yeah. And I had very few opportunities to kill this year, which was the most frustrating thing ever. Um, uh huh. Archery season, I just either couldn't get close enough, or yeah, just just couldn't get close enough to to the bucks I saw. Uh huh. I passed up some small bucks this year. I was kind of being a snob after you know coming off probably a, what three year run of of killing deer and yeah. And so I was like, all right, well, let's, let's, you know, let's raise the bar a little bit. Let's set our sights for something a little bit more, you know, challenging. Let's, yeah. you know, let's go for a typical four by four with eye guards. Let's, you know, something like that. And, and that, that was my goal this year. And, and so that's what I went after and had some opportunities, but you know, those rifle or bow, 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 those bucks are hard to come by they're hard to hunt they're hard to be even harder to kill and yeah that proved out to be the reason why i went home with tag soup this year yeah and i, I didn't i didn't get as many days into the season this year as i normally do that you wanted to yeah my, my son's getting older and so you know his soccer career is starting to get a little bit more serious for sure dude that takes a little bit more precedent over hunting unfortunately yeah, yeah. <laughs> right life of a dad though yeah dad absolutely. struggles yeah you know, Absolutely. and you work a full-time job, work and you're a dad, job. and you're trying to hunt. Yeah. And be successful and trying to put in, you know. Absolutely. At least 15 days of scouting in before hunting. I, I, it's the, the crazy thing is I put the days into scouting, and I thought, I, I put a lot of days into scouting this yeah. year, and I thought that that was going to guarantee me success, and obviously that was my first mistake. So what was the lesson? <laughs> the lesson was that uh, this was a difficult season hunting the public land with everybody else. Yeah, right. <laughs> and sure. no matter how much you scout, For it doesn't sure. matter when you know August 17th or whatever it is rolls around, yeah. those deer do different things than they did in those two previous months that you've been out there in the, right. in the, in the mountains. Previous than they did August 1st, 2nd, 5th, 10th. Yeah. 15th. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then even even three, five else. days before the season opens up and you're just kind of like, this isn't what I expected. I was planning on you guys to be here and you have yeah. to be guys there. And then, or, you know, you, you, you go to a certain area and you don't see anybody for most of the summer in there. And then all of a sudden, you know, the day before the season opens and you got like a camp of eight guys showing up and you're yeah. like, uh, wait, what? Where'd you come from? I yeah. wasn't counting happened? on this. And, Right. So, I mean, that's hunting in California. You got to yeah. expect that. Yeah. I was talking to a guy yesterday about it too, kind of. It's like, there's there's not a lot of places where you can really get that deep back into back country right. in California. Like, there's a couple places, sure. Yeah. But for the most part, to get into quote unquote back country in California doesn't happen much. No. You know. Because listen, we we've got a lot of guys who are willing to mm-hmm. put in the time and the work and the miles to get into the backcountry mm-hmm. to go scout, and they 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 understand as they want to be as successful as we do, and they mm-hmm. they understand that means getting away from everybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like you know that's probably the other reason why I enjoy archery hunting much more too, is because when I archery hunt, I get I get away from the crowds more so than I do during rifle season. Yeah. And whereas in rifle season, I tend, I try to use the crowds to my advantage. Yeah. Use, let everybody kind of push the animals around. Push the animals around. the second guy that sold me that this week. Really? Yeah. It's, 
seems it seems to be the more beneficial way to get things yeah, done. Yeah, you know. It can be. Let somebody do you do the hard work for really, you. Yeah, <laughs> let them beat the brush. Right. Because in a lot of places in California, there ain't much places to glass. No. No. A lot no. of it is dense it's, country. It's thick, thick, thick <coughs> brush out there. We don't we don't get too many places where the deer are standing out in these like open Shoot areas. Me. Yeah, they're 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 traveling five hundred yards between wooded area to wooded area with mm-hmm. feed and water in between. It'd be nice to hunt like that, and like they do in Utah, Colorado, right. or Nevada, Nevada, Idaho, Nevada for sure. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice, but no, that's it's it's you know. Mm-hmm. Between rifle season and archery season, I, I prefer right, uh, archery season, but rifle season it presents its own challenges and its own uh, difficulties, but it's all fun. Mm-hmm. Man. I, 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 whatever. Get me out there and I'm hunting. I'm happy. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier you like to use the Everly Pack. Yeah. How, do you, how like, I haven't talked to many people that have used Everly Packs. Yeah. Um, most guys are using, like, EXO or... Uh, Stone Glacier, yeah. Kuyu packs. Mm-hmm. What's you know Kafaru packs? How do you like the Everly packs? I, I love, I love my Everly packs. Do you really? I, I I have two of them. I have a day pack. I have a you know an overnight backpacking one as well too. Now which, isn't that funny? Really quick is that you bought two different packs mm-hmm. instead of just having one pack for one thing, right? Yeah. Which a lot of people do, and I guess maybe this is just California syndrome or something like that. But I I, I do the same thing. I have like, I have like my my backpack pack that's kind of like you know just my bullshit day pack whatever, and then I have another pack that's like all right this is my serious pack and yeah when I'm really gonna be doing serious stuff. So I tend to go so archery season mm-hmm. I'm using my I'm using my day pack mostly yeah um, lightweight right lightweight like yeah. generally if I I'm, out, I'm generally when I, archery season I'm hunting with like my brother my dad my uncle and so. I'm not necessarily boning a deer out and packing it out all by myself. I have help, so I can I can utilize a smaller pack. Yeah. Um, our guns rifle season. I'm I'm often hunting by myself, and I've had to pack some some bucks out. Yeah. A couple miles, you know, a couple miles in by all by myself. Yeah. And so the bigger bigger packs come in handy for that because. Yeah. I don't want to make multiple trips if right. I can. No, I can get away with yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. You know, hiking nine miles to make two trips to get a get get your deer out just that's not fun. Yeah, I mean it's necessary and I, I sh- it can be fun, but not the good kind of fun, not the right kind of fun that you want. But yeah, uh, I mean Everly Stock. I came across uh, came across Everly Stock uh, packs because of that summer I spent in uh, Boise. A buddy of mine knew somebody who worked at Everly Stock, and he knew I hunted. And he's like, he's all, "You got to try these packs out." And mm-hmm. we uh, we did we just did some some hikes, and we used some of their smaller day packs. And I was like, "These things are phenomenal!" And yeah. started checking them out. And you know, they they evolved from uh, you know the company that uh, started out just making packs for the military. And I'm like, "Well, geez, if this is good enough for military guys, it's got to be." And Plenty dudes, enough for those dudes are doing hunting. Ruck, man, that's a grunt. Right, exactly. Yeah, and so I mean, the things <coughs> I've, I've had my my uh, my J two widow for nine years, and mm-hmm. I I don't know, I've probably packed out six or seven deer in that thing. No it's problem. Just no problem. It, it holds up. It's it's bulletproof. It, yeah. It almost looks like it's brand new for the most part. Really? Yeah. How rad is that? Yeah. <laughs> 
it's. I mean, I I can't say enough good things about him. Really? Yeah. You know, I've I've. And had to deal with the company at all on any. No, no. Never had to send anything back. Because it just to, works. Just works. You can't beat that. No. That's what it's all about. I know. I've seen people complain. They say, "Oh, they're they're heavier than other stuff. You can get mm-hmm. lighter stuff." And I'm like, "Sure, you could, but I I I'll carry a little bit more extra weight if I know it's gonna it's not gonna break on me. It's gonna yeah. last and it's gonna." It's gonna do the job the way I want it for sure, and that's and that's what matters the most. That's really the biggest part, right yeah, there. Yeah, do the job. Yeah, get it done. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'm a yeah I'm a big fan of them. I can't say enough good things about Everly Packs. Uh uh-huh. So was it last up? Was it last October that you doubled up? Yes. So it was last October. Yeah. Okay, I had that confused. I thought that was 2018. No, that was 2017. So how? Let's talk about that really quick. Yeah. Uh, best year, best hunting year ever, man. Of your life. Just, I mean, for the quality of the deer that I took, uh, the hunts themselves, I mean, the archery hunt was, was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I I like to joke with my, my dad and my brother. I'm like, I don't need you guys because every time I kill a deer, none of you guys are around. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to do this by myself, but archery season took, took a buck, nice three by three by myself. Mm Mm-hmm. And then rolled into rifle season, feeling pretty confident. Got a got a full freezer already, yeah. so I'm like, let's be picky, let's be picky. And and then uh, I want to say last weekend of the season, storm rolled in on like a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I just told the, I that told, was a big that was a big week for a lot of people. Yeah, when that and, storm came. And I told the kids in the office, I'm like, hey, listen, <clears> I'm not I'm not coming in tomorrow for sure. It may even be two days. And yeah, I just, girl, I'm done. I took off at 3 a.m. ran up the mountain, and it was snowing for a while, and then it gave way to rain. But it was like heavy, dense clouds packed in. Yeah. And, and I just was hiking up the mountains. Got a couple miles in and sat down in this old burn area and just the deer were just parading through and oh god and i just i there was a there so was do a, you play migration routes at all kind of i, I really. feel like i feel like when you hunt the d zones in the on the west side of the series everything's a everything's migration. a migration everything's route, a migration route sure. exactly yeah i'll agree with that all day and so uh you know i just you, you find the big canyons because you know that's where they're going to be moving through this, the big steep canyons they're yeah. heavily forested on the sides and and especially that was the year I think the King Fire came through there as well too so mm-hmm. it was like or the year before the King Fire had come through and I was just you know I figured hunt the burns yeah. see if this works out and spotted a good group of bucks and uh-huh. <laughs> and the first one was a nice 4 by 5 with like this weird drop tying kicker off the right side. And no, I, was like, oh, I want that guy. I want that guy. Yeah, and, and I just couldn't get into position to get him. He just he is like he knew he's, he you knew know, you were there. He knew I was there. He, Somehow he didn't know I was there, but, but he, he was moving was, like he knew I was yeah. there. And he didn't know you were there, but he knew. Yeah, and yeah. so that's why he's that big. I couldn't get a shot <laughs> on him. And one of the other books was this just beautiful uh, four by three. You know, he was. Little small on his G G three G twos, but I was like, that's a good that's a good buck. Like, yeah, nice dark antlers on him, and you know, so I, I shot him and and that and did the whole pack out by myself again. Yeah, <laughs> in the rain and snow, and and it was it was just a great season. And, you know, I I and 
basically based off that success, I was like, you know what? Let's just extend the season. So I went down and got a bear tag and kept going out and kept going. Just figure, roll the dice again, see yeah. if my luck's good. So, do you feel like weather plays a good role in California hunting? Uh, Following the weather, making sure or anything it's imperative. Like that? It's you imperative. think it is? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Weather, weather is weather is everything in California. Yeah. Whether it be you know, rain, snow, and storms that you get, or if you're getting none, like you, you got to know how to hunt it either way. Yeah, you got to. I mean, it just. We, I mean, I listen. Growing up in the '80s, we went through that ridiculous drought, and then again in the '90s, yeah. the same thing. And like, I that, remember that. That changes ba- bathing everything. in five gallon buckets. Yeah, dude. I remember that yeah, for sure. Just, I forgot all about that. Yeah, you that 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 was a game changer, and it yeah. made you real, and you know. My my dad and those guys were still successful hunting during droughts and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and so now like we're going through those same things again. You yeah. got to play it the same way. You got to hunt water. You got to hunt the feed. You got to hunt the bedding areas. Right. And so, but yeah, you whether you're hunting the coast, whether you're hunting the mountains, you got to know what the weather's doing. Even if it's just like a high pressure cell that's sitting on top of the area where you are, and you know it's going to be high winds. That that make, yeah. that's hot high winds is not a bad not a bad time to hunt deer because they're uncomfortable yeah I, sure. I, I like I like to hunt weather systems that makes them unpredictable uh-huh. and pushes them out of their comfort zone now how do you do you have like a what have you determined I guess you could say would be like an uncomfortable condition for a deer um generally anything that's high wind yeah uh, rain snow yeah but even and even the heat yeah unexpected like just a, a hunting the I mean, it's kind of like fishing right like yeah. you can watch a, a weather pattern on the news on on wednesday that says uh oh, we got a storm that's coming in that's going to hit here on saturday well you, you if any good fisherman knows friday is going to be the day you want to fish yeah barometer is going to drop those fish are going to be on the feeding frenzy yeah because the, you know that weather pattern's coming in well, they're going to go deep and deer the exact same way i try to explain to people that you know when you play the weather play it a couple of days ahead of time yes yes you don't i mean you don't you wait can, for the storm because the animals know that they can feel it in the yeah, atmosphere of pressures dude yep you know and, and everything that's going on that barometer drops they know they got to go into feeding because sure. once that storm hits they're not doing anything they're getting other down than hunkering down they're finding the thickest tree they can and yep. they're laying right underneath and it. if they're not hunkering down they're traveling mm-hmm. and they're doing it they're not they're not leisurely traveling they're moving big, great distances for hours yes it's not going to stop yeah for sure for sure. So, would you have any advice for anybody that's getting into California hunting? That's, you know, really, you know, maybe new at it or anything like that. What you know? What would you tell a guy? Get in shape. Get in shape. Get in shape. I mean, practice practice the hunting, not the killing. Yeah. The hiking. Um, familiar. Learn how to familiar familiarize yourself with the area you're going to be hunting. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The details of. This side of the mountain is, you know, the heavily forested and the and the water and, and just all, all of those little those little details. Of, yeah, you, those little details are what matter the most because you you can look at a big macro picture and you're like, well, this looks like a great area. This is a big valley. There's like there's a couple of uh, springs coming through it. You got open area for feed here and there. But if you don't know that on the top of that ridge line there's a PC trail or a hiking trail over there mm-hmm. and, and there's it's heavily used by hikers 
those deer aren't going to be moving up that canyon. They're going to go be. They're going to be going across that canyon, yeah. or they're going to go down and then back out again, or yeah. stuff like that. And you know, you, you got to put the time in. It's funny you bring that up. There's a place where I was hunting, oh, a couple years ago, and I'm deep. What I think is deep, right? <laughs> <clears throat> and I'm not on a trail. I haven't seen a trail. Nothing. And all of a sudden. 35, 16 to 20 year olds come out of fucking nowhere in a single file line on a trail <laughs> that I was hunting like 45 yards away. From. You had no clue was there. I didn't even know that the trail existed. Right. You know what I mean? And I, it was funny because I, I just kind of like stayed there in the, in the pines and watched, watched. They had no clue you were there. None of them ever even noticed. Yeah. And then I cut I cut him again later in the day, and that time I spooked him because I just kind of walked right past him right. as they were all doing something. But I, I, did, I do that to hunters all the time. Spook them because yeah. they didn't know you were there. They didn't, they're like just, you know, aimlessly walking, crunching. Not paying attention. Not paying attention. <laughs> and I'll just be like, you know, 15, 20, mile, 20 feet they walk by you, and they're like, you should be more quiet. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> what's going on here? Who's yeah. that? Yeah, are the trees talking to me? <laughs> yeah, great. Right. But yeah, I, I, you know, glassing. Yeah, optics. Got to have good optics for sure, for sure, totally. So, how can people look you up? How can people find you? Um, Cisco's kid on Instagram is where you're gonna find everything about my life and my hunting life, which mm-hmm. is probably just mostly my life like my 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 instagram is essentially hunting and my kids sports for the most part Uh but dude it's a lot of good hunting stuff i i hope so i think so i try to put i try to put as much as i can on there um i and i i know that i could probably do more yeah but between you know concentrating on hunting bringing my kid along making sure he's engaged and he's understanding what's going on it's uh it's it's a lot of work. I, I commend I commend you and guys like you who you guys you guys you make a you make a concerted effort to put good get good content while you're out there and that's that's not easy to do that and be successful. That's not, dude. <laughs> but you know what's so funny too and Anthony and I were talking about this this year it's like We'd leave the truck and we'd leave camera gear in the truck because we'd just be like, no, dude. Yeah, not today. Not today. Yeah. Like on plenty of days. Yeah. More days we'd do that than days we'd bring cameras around with us. Absolutely. You know, and, and, uh, it, I mean, it is what it is, but, you know, it's, it's difficult sometimes. It's so difficult. When man. it's just an iPhone, it's a lot easier. Oh, for sure. For you sure. know? Yeah. But, when it's like cameras and batteries and like the whole works, it's going to be interesting. I, I yeah. we're at an interesting point right now with technology and uh, like drones and cameras and things like that. I feel like that's going to launch us into this new age era of uh, documenting hunting in mm-hmm. a way that we haven't seen it documented, especially in the western states where you're dealing with difficult terrain and it's yeah. it's difficult to be lugging around these huge cameras and battery packs and mm-hmm. on top of all your other gear that you actually need to be successful at hunting yeah but i'm excited for it i i'm excited for how 
technology is starting to play a, a bigger factor in being For successful sure. as a hunter. I'm excited to see Steve Rinella's film that they just put together a full feature film That's gonna be of awesome. hunting. Yeah. That's kind of neat. I... I'm pretty excited for that. I, I am I'm excited for it too because I feel like we need more good positive um, examples for the general public. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're no matter how good we are, we're always fighting an uphill battle of no the stigma what. of yeah. what we what, who we are and what we do. Yeah. The stereotypes of what who we are and what we do are abundant out there. Elmer Fudd. And and wrong. Yes, and 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 then we and then deeply wrong, and then we you know we have to fight poachers and mm-hmm. and how they wrongly represent the rest of us. Yeah, and 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 I like to tell people who don't hunt, I'm like, you ever see a a story about a poacher? Just know that 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 person's not a hunter. Mm-hmm. They're not a conservationist. Yeah. Now, I, and I won't c- c- totally condemn them because sometimes people who poach are doing it for real life I gotta survive reasons and that's how they know how to survive doesn't make it right doesn't make it right (laughs) but it is what it is like there are people who are out there doing killing animals illegally because that's how they gotta put food on the table for their family well you know one thing that I've found in a couple of the different places where I hunt around California is um, and I'm not trying to bash on Onyx Maps but Onyx Maps has a lot of fucked up boundary lines is that right yeah, where it'll say that you're hunting in one zone and you're really in a different zone Ooh. and all different kinds of stuff like that, you know, and, and like I've emailed Onyx several times on many different occasions about many different lines that are incorrect lines. Yeah. And they have yet to fix them or even respond to my emails, huh. which means there's hunters hunting in land they yeah. shouldn't be in. And if DFG busts them... Saying that my Onyx told me I could it hunt It ain't going to get you out of it, my friend. No, it ain't going to get you out of it because you need to know your lines. Yeah. You need to know your boundaries. You need to know where you're hunting. You need to know what's going on. And, you know, not being educated or relying on non-official uh, data or right. maps, you know, zone maps or anything like that, like... It doesn't matter. So back to your question a few minutes ago, that I mean, a piece of advice: mm-hmm. call your call your game warden, call your yeah. call your wildlife biologist for where you're going to hunt. And I mean, those, I I have a phenomenal experiences with them talking about mm-hmm. just herd management, herd health overall, um, suggestions for areas that you should hunt and you should stay away from yeah. because of deer densities. And they're yeah. I mean, these guys are—they're hunters too. They—they want—they want us to be successful. They're yeah. not—they're not—they're not cops. I know they—they they have a badge. They, and a they gun. have a badge, a badge and a gun, and yeah. they enforce a law. But they're—they're they're not cops. They're conservationists. Yeah. yeah, and that's why they're out there, and that's why they took that job. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a trip. There's—I would say there's definitely a line. There's some guys that are out there that are more on the enforcement side. Yes. Than there to help. Um, cause I've had experiences on both ends of the line. Sure. Um, from different wardens around the state. I I've have had, to. I've had really, really, really fucking great experiences and I've had really, really terrible experiences and it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. 
Because I had I I've had wardens come up and treat me like I'm a criminal committing a crime, and they're looking for infractions. Right. And I've had other guys come up and shake my hand and be the nicest, politest, and just give, really nice person. Give you advice too, like, and hey give, man, yeah. I've been I've been in this area for the last four days. I saw this monster buck over yeah. there. Yeah. Like just, like friendly. You, just beyond friendly. Be, yeah. Beyond yeah. above and beyond. And yeah. I I appreciate that. Yeah. So much. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder in my experiences which of the guys that I dealt with were hunters, and which of the guys were book smart college kids. Hmm. It's interesting. I'd never thought about it that way, but I wonder. There are some guys who I feel <clears throat> like they've gained uh, some notoriety for being poacher catchers, and they're just leaning in hard on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially after the TV show. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, especially in the northern part of the state as well, too. Mm -hmm. Like further north. Yeah, further north up, like Red Bluff, uh, Redding area. Yeah, there's some there's some professional poacher catchers up there. Yeah, for for wardens versus like guys who are trying to assist us hunters, conservationists out there. Being on our side. Yeah, being on our side. Yeah, for sure. I totally all agree with that. And I'll be honest, they they don't they don't give us the best resources to work with to Mm -hmm. be. To be a legal hunter as well, mm-hmm. too, especially by comparison to some of these other states. Oh yeah, as well. Like, you know, Utah, Colorado, they they give you way more information to work with. Oh yeah, well, dude, even when we were in Montana this year, uh, there was a slaughter of elk one morning. I think they they these guys killed like twenty five, twenty six cows or something like that. It was insane. All legal, all legit. You know, it just. Happened to happen. Yeah. Right there. Done deal. Right? Yeah. Um, but they had a DFW or whatever they go by in Montana. Right. They had a little spot set up and they were just checking people as they went by. And they stopped us and they checked out. It was our first day hunting there. So my buddy had gotten a buck. Dude was so nice. Just like... Oh my God, he's the nicest guy on the goddamn yeah. planet. Super helpful, super courteous. It's it's the best thing ever when you come across a guy who's excited for your success. It's so great, yeah. man. So helpful, yeah. man. It's it was really it was a really great experience. Yeah, you know. So like, you can't beat that having a pleasurable experience. The government agency out of the state. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, because they're happy that we're there, and Absolutely. they want us to come back. One hundred percent. And that that could be part of it here is that we don't have people that come out of state. Well, I you know? I feel like we make it prohibitive to for come. people to come here and yeah. hunt because it's so expensive. Now, and... would you say that's because piss poor management of wildlife, or uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think listen, you look at the success rate for hunters in California. Mm-hmm. It's I understand why they make it prohibitive for people yeah. to come out of state, especially yeah. for deer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we could probably use more pig hunters in California. That would be helpful. <laughs> I think sure. we could probably use some more bear hunters in California as well, too. We could use a higher bear quota. Well, that is. And, a, and a, a spring, spring bear, bear season. Yeah. yeah. And I, I actually talked to a bear wildlife biologist. I'm like, what are the chances we ever get a spring bear hunt? He's it's like, not going to happen. Don't man. hold your breath. Yeah, Don't it's California. Me. I know, which is it sad. won't happen strictly based off of like Baloo the bear. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just the optics of it, or Yogi the bear. Not not based on any science. No, just just the optics. They don't need science. Right, it's emotion. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Can't kill a bear. Nope. It's fuzzy and warm. Yeah. We love it. We're going to snuggle it. Like, yeah, yeah. motherfucker, you go snuggle <laughs> Tell me how that works out Yeah, for you. tell me if that's the same bear you saw at Disneyland yeah, <laughs> that was shaking right? your hand. Yeah. 
Seriously. All right, so this is where we have a little bit of fun. Oh, yeah. Right? So we partnered with Deadeye Outfitters. Okay. Right? That's the hoodie I have on right yeah. now and the majority of the hats I'm wearing all the time. I see some guys running around town wearing the gear, got yeah. the stickers on the trucks. Deadeye's great. Yeah. I love the guys, dude. You know, they're totally awesome. You know, can't beat them. Mm-hmm. So that being said, we ask a funny question. Okay. All right? Are you ready for I'm this? I'm ready. Are you sure? Absolutely. So here's the question. Would you rather peel all of your nails out of your fingertips or pull all the teeth out of your mouth? Teeth. Why? That was quick. Oh, easy. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, teeth is easy. Uh, I mean, listen, I can handle... I got a pretty high tolerance for pain, and uh-huh. I've had my fair share of dental work. I feel pretty comfortable with the teeth. <laughs> Plus, I'm you can not throw, worried about you can, you can throw some dentures in, man. Yeah, <laughs> some implants. But uh, you telling me I'm going to sit there and let you pull my fingernails off my fingers? God, no! That feels slow and excruciating, uh-huh. and something that I can't like close my mind and envision something else while that's happening. Yeah, uh, I, I can. Im- I can imagine the. The teeth thing, I, I can I can deal with that, but right. the fingers, ah, not happening. No, no. <laughs> right on, man. Any concluding thoughts? Um, I just want to say thanks for having me on. This is a this is a great podcast. You guys do a wonderful thing. Um, we appreciate it, man. I'm a big fan of uh, you guys, what you guys do, and and also just you guys are you guys have been a resource to educate the masses, and I think that's a good thing. It's Try an important and, thing for us. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, I appreciate it. We both appreciate you coming on. Thanks for taking the time out of your life to come down here. Absolutely. You know, I look forward to more of your success and getting yeah. to share your success with you while you're out there. I, I love watching you get to share, you know, when you share your experiences and stuff like that. It's totally awesome. So, you know, thank you so much. And, dude, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.